50 years ago this week the godfather came out never seen it no yes what well, you've never yeah. seen the godfather no i have i have i was gonna say no no he, he's guilt tripped me on this <laughs> I podcast have. that oh, i hadn't okay. seen the godfather i'm like you've not seen the godfather and he's yeah. like i haven't and then i'm like so you haven't seen the godfather part two and he's like i have it and i'm like danny well don't worry i'm gonna see the godfather part three in about Two or three years for my the snub club. Oh, for the, oh, because it qualifies for the really? snub club. Yeah, <sighs> got nominated for ton of Oscars and didn't win anything. Mm. Now that latter part shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I hope one of the, <laughs> I hope it was not nominated for screenplay because the. Uh, the do you want me to look it up real quick? Stories weak weak sauce. I don't know. I I need to rewatch it. I have it. I heard it, it was recut recently into like something that I heard was somewhat better. Did it get rid of the incest vibes? I, I it was actually, not nominated for screenplay. It was not nominated for screenplay. Okay, good. I actually saw the recut, and I had never seen the original, and they don't cut out the incest. I'm not really sure like what they have about it. <laughs> yes, Danny. It's, I mean, it's pretty... I don't know if you haven't seen The Godfather 3. Like that is That is kind of like one of the major plot elements of the godfather three yeah is the the incest love triangle um i'm not really sure what they improved it's wacky that would be fun, fun to talk about my podcast that would be fun to talk about my podcast in a couple of years on snuff club in a couple of years talk about incest what a great time that's gonna be <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. yeah um and speak all right now now i'm gonna use my so speaking, speaking of incest of God- no <laughs> no 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 speaking of the godfather part three the godfather part three famously has a terrible performance in it haven't seen it i don't know by sofia coppola which is, is so I believe, bad i believe she is either the second or third woman to be nominated for best director at the oscars uh and now this week we're talking about the first ever pixar film solely directed by a woman turning red which is why we have three men on this podcast to discuss it. <laughs> yeah, I'm here because of economics. I'm not here because of like. Oh yeah! By whatever. the way, Mark Young is joining us all the way from New York City, the greatest Are we in the city in right the now. World. Yes. Oh okay. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah. When did we start? <laughs> Oh, after we clap, we just <laughs> we just open with our green room episodes. We just roll into it. We just uh, oh, yeah. I thought yep. that was I didn't know that was like a if there was an intro or something. We do yeah. no. The intro is just the pre-recorded song that's going to be attached to the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I, I hope my my opinions on the Godfather Three are out in the world now. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh. Turning Red released in three theaters in the U.S. <laughs> and on Disney Plus for everyone else. What was the third? Oh, do we do we represent all three theaters? Is that no? Okay. Oh, okay. Nope. Um, the third one I believe was released in San Francisco because a lot of Pixar artists are there. They wanted okay. to have it yeah. be able to be seen by mm. the workers. Um, so it played in San Francisco, Los Angeles, the El Capitan Theater, which is where I went. And at the AMC Empire 25, which is where Mr. Mark Young went from yeah. peer pressuring from me. <laughs> it's like, you gotta watch it in theaters. <laughs> yes. 
My other friend who in New York who told me they're going to see it ended up skipping it. So I'm glad someone I know went. <laughs> so, well, I don't you. know. I don't know if like you mentioned you wanted to see it in theaters, but I don't think that there is any way to like capture your theater experience. <laughs> I just saw it in a theater, but like you, you, you actually had to go see it in a theater for that that whole deal. Yeah. Uh, do we want to start with that, or do we want to talk about the movie a bit first? I, I, th- I think people yeah. people know what Turning Red is, but you can you can just be like, here here is chronologically my experience with Turning Red, and All it right, started so with going to the theater in January of 2021, 2022. There was a press release released by Disney saying that Turning Red will be going to Disney Plus, which meant as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh gosh, I got to go book a flight to Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, fun thing that I think is worth noting is that they announced that I was going to the AMC in New York, like, way after they announced I was going to LA, and I just kind of assumed to be in LA, because I went to see Luca there, uh, and if I had known I was going to New York, I would have definitely gone to New York and saved some money that way mm-hmm. and seen it there, but at the, at the time it announced I was going to New York, I was already booked my flight, booked my tickets, so LA, there I went. Uh, and we went to the El Capitan Theater, which was uh, preceded by <laughs> the Pandemonium Dance Party. Which I do remember you telling me you were going to try and miss out on. You said, I don't well, want to be there it, for that. And then and then you sent me that was, video. It was kind of impossible to miss. Yeah. Because uh, it started 20 minutes before the start time, and the movie started 15 minutes late. It was a oh, they shoehorned you into it. Yeah. Party. It was not. It was not something I was allowed to miss. <laughs> um, there was this DJ there who. Uh, let me find it because I found the tweet. Um, I sent a tweet to you guys yesterday of someone else who went there who remembered the names of the uh, <laughs> the people because there were characters because this is a Disney thing. Uh, so there was this DJ named SB who had like a nice little turntable booth with like turning red labeled on it. It was like he was in one corner and the other corner was these giant cardboard cutouts of May Enterprise. And I walked in the theater and all I hear is Dynamite by BTS. And I'm like, all right, okay. It's because it already started. Uh, and then at the end of every song, this DJ like blares his air horns and just goes, bruh, 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 bruh. Oh, no. He's like, all right. Everyone needs to get up and dance. Whoever dances the most, we need to turn this theater red. Bruh, bruh, bruh. Whoa. Uh, so all these children were there dancing. They're also throwing out prizes like uh, Pandir headphones, which I thought were kind of cool, and then other things like here's a mug. And I'm like, I don't know what kid wants a mug, but okay. <laughs> like, how did um, they deliver the mugs? The, well, because eventually Sky, who worked backstage at this movie theater, <laughs> why a movie theater needs someone working backstage? I don't know. They didn't explain that to me. <laughs> but she she walked on stage around the time like. The movie was supposed to start at one. Yeah. And she's like, how did I get up here? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're like, he's like, how'd you get past security? And they're like, he's like, oh, and she's like, oh, Bruno. And they go, we don't talk about Bruno. And all the kids just cheered. <laughs> also, I got to say, um, they're like, all right, we're going to dance along to this Encanto song. And they picked uh, the, my favorite song from the movie, which is the one uh, with the cactus girl. And I was so confused because the song to dance from Encanto is very clearly surface pressure. The one with mm. the uh, the donkeys. It's very clearly that is the song to dance to in that movie. Yeah. I didn't get why they played this other song. 
really um, unfortunate that Surface Pressure is the bop from that movie, but it's kind of, it's one of the darker songs, I think. It's like oh, yeah. emotionally complex and whatever. Yeah. I mean, the songs in that movie are way more emotionally complex than the actual film itself. Uh, oh my. <laughs> but I digress. Light drop. Uh, and then anyway, uh, they asked us if we were ready for Four Town, and I was like, oh, I think she can come out and dance. <laughs> but then they're like, no, Sky's going to teach you the dance that they do in the movie before it happens. Oh. And then, yeah, and then Sky was like, let's turn the theater red. And then the theater, like, they played one last song, which amusingly I noticed the first song they played was Dynamite by BTS, and one of the last songs they played was Dynamite by Teo Cruz. And I was like... Does this movie have, like, explosions in it that I'm unaware of? Like, <laughs> is this movie about dynamite? <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, then all the kids screamed. Did they, the theater turned red. Did and they, they do? They the your trailer. <laughs> did they do any, uh, like, pink or red smoke? Because in the movie, mm-hmm. like, when May turns into the panda, there's that smoke that... That would have been really out. cool if they, yeah. like, used smoke, but I think they were worried, like, it would freak out kids. Oh, yeah, and also... Isn't that what happened with the Dark Knight uh, Batman shooting in Colorado? Maybe. I, I thought, I don't know. yeah, I, I thought remember. that guy like popped smoke grenades in the theater before running it, like running probably into something it. you shouldn't do before a Pixar movie. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet, but they're probably like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> we, we don't do that. Um, but anyway, that was a 30 minute, ex- 30 minute experience before the movie. <laughs> was this dance party that was going on my goodness <laughs> i wish uh, I, I wish i had seen that that does sound like why i why i want to go to the theater is like for some amount of like liveness and that that sounds what, like some that they delivered that i mean I guess. well what i think is interesting is well two things well i'll go back to the other thing but one thing i think is really interesting about the theater is that this riled up the kids so much that I'd say for the first 20 or so minutes, they were just murmuring so much until she turned into a panda because they were just, they were all so hyped up on the music, you know? Yeah. But once she turned into a panda, they like, you know, they, they settled down, but that's still like 20 minutes into the movie. Um, True. but then what was cool was when the third act came and I know Tyler hates this, but people were like cheering Avengers level at stuff in this movie. Uh, it was cheering? so cool. What? Why do you hate cheering? That's I, another thing that I love about theater going actually is is like people cheering. See, I <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Movie theater. I'm just like, we have an unspoken contract to to everyone to be respectful of each other and not to yell because I want to hear the movie. I'm not here to hear other people cheer and yell. Mm. And, and yeah, I mean, like the excited, like whispering, like, oh, see, there's Dan- there's Danny Glover. What the heck? There's Andrew Garfield. Um, Danny Glover pops through the portal in No Way Home. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> I would love that. that to your, yeah. your other episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something. Yeah. That I've, I've also like the theaters around me. We don't really get these super hype crowds. Like people, people were crying in Endgame when Tony Stark died. Oh, spoilers! Um, but uh, oh, 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 Marvel podcast. We used to spoil Endgame three <laughs> years after it came out. Right? That's what it's been How dare we? <laughs> but but it's crazy uh, that Endgame got in before the pandemic. Can you? Fu- 
I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Infinity <laughs> War. Can you if, imagine, imagine if Infinity War was 2019 and Endgame yeah. was scheduled That's, for 2020? Yeah. That would have been That would have been insane. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's one that they would have kept delaying. It would have, like, what, Black Widow, what happened to Black Widow? It just, just kept getting delayed and delayed, and I think they would have done that mm-hmm. with Endgame. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh... I mean, I always think about, uh, the biggest loss of money in this pandemic always will have to be, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 was done by November of 2019. But they're like, let's hold mm. it back for summer. And, uh, yeah, that was a really yeah, they, bad financial decision yeah. for them. There were quite a quite a few movies that uh, were going to come out right, like they were going to come out earlier than when the when everything shut down, and then they decided, oh, well, it, we're gonna move, we're gonna move the date back a little bit. Yeah, no, yeah, and there, there, I think Top Gun was another one, but that one wasn't done, and then there was another one. Oh, No Time to Die did that was also act, did that, scheduled for November twenty nineteen. Did that, that actually mean, come out? Did that Top Gun movie no, Top actually Gun's come still out? Not out yet. It's not. <laughs> comes out in May. It's still not out. <laughs> I, I just uh, feel until we finally get all of these films that were supposed to come out in like 2020 and 2021, like once they're finally through, I won't feel like I'm in a time loop. But I just feel like I'm. I feel like I think stuck Top Gun the is Matrix, the last one. And we're just I'm pretty sure. To, oh wait, no, no. Actually, mm. the last one is a. Uh, I think Minions Two. Which still hasn't restarted its marketing. Oh, <laughs> but I didn't even know that was scheduled for thing. like June, I think, twenty twenty. Uh, hasn't Minions yeah. Two restarted its marketing? Because isn't that the Gru origin? Did you get a trailer for it at Turning Red? I didn't. Obviously, I was oh, like, I, I did. Yeah, that oh. that must have been my um. It was my probably a trailer. Whatever from, good trailer you got. I mean, I saw it at the Disney Theater, so I only got Lightyear. That's the only trailer you get. That's what mm-hmm. I was going to say. What's really funny about the Disney Theater is uh. And this happened at Luca too, um, but but it was even funnier here because we had the big dance party, right? So the theater turned red, and they're like, "All right, get ready for the movie." And then they take the curtain down on the screen, and they're like, "Huh? Like what? Why are we taking the curtain down?" And they're taking it down so that way they can do their very dramatic raising of three separate curtains before the movie starts because <laughs> it's this, it's their old curtains, yeah, like they're really old because it's an old theater. Uh, and it's supposed to be like a really dramatic way to start the movie. But the thing is, this happened with Luca too. You can't give all this build up and just go to trailers. Like, that's not how this. Right. <laughs> like, you, mm. you do all this build up and it's just like commercial for Buzz Lightyear. And it's like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, unlike uh, Luca, where Luca. Did... <laughs> I just don't think this was so funny. They did a thank you for coming to see this in the theater thing <laughs> for Luca, which was only for one theater. Uh,. Uh, at least that like let you like you know decompress from the trailers. This was like yeah. like your trailer done. Turning red just starts immediately, and it's like all right, see but whatever. My ideal my ideal thing for presentation of turning red is okay. So you have this, you have the pandemonium thing, okay? Because you got all the and all those kids actually walk out and <laughs> right. Uh, so they they have the pandemonium event. And then after that, you go to a like one of your com- one of your previews has to be lamb. I I don't know if that's come out yet, what? but that would be hilarious <laughs> if you get that at this movie that's like in only select theaters. And lamb is one of the things. And these kids are like, "Mom, what is that about?" And I just think that would be it'd be hilarious. And then I, and then you you I still need to, oh, sorry. you still need the Vin Diesel the movies. The popcorn, that that like, I, you guys, I wish old Diesel thing. and I get Nicole Kidman. 
Oh no no you <laughs> Nicole Kidman no Vin oh Diesel I know what that, you're uh, talking about that was yeah. some that was something he did a while back yeah yeah, yeah. Was like car or something for Fanai mm. <laughs> everyone should title but call that movie uh, what I would have liked was a very passive aggressive video thank you for coming to see a movie in theaters where Domi she's like it's really nice for you to see this movie here in Los Angeles it's really a shame that you can't see this in Toronto or Chicago or anywhere else besides here in New York but. Hey, I'm glad you came. <laughs> like, Bob Chapik was a little busy last week with some other stuff, so he allowed me to record this by myself. <laughs> like, you know, like just get it back. Bob Chapik, Bob Chapik, Bob Chapik was essentially <laughs> Bob Chapik was uh, dealing with uh, back, yeah, backfire from messing around That's in legislation. So he's not here anyway. to stop me. Yeah. Anyways. So let's 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 talk about the movie. Let's talk about Turning Red. Yeah, the first mm. ever Pixar movie to be solely directed by a woman. That I realize that if you say Pixar film directed by a woman about a girl who turns into a bear in her relationship with her mom, that can be, well, not exactly two things because I worded it wrong. Movie <laughs> just saying that, but it's Brave is kind of the yeah. My joke didn't work because I messed it up. I'm sorry. What was your joke? It was just saying, like, a movie about someone turning into a bear and about a mother and daughter relationship is the last Pixar movie that was supposed to be directed only by a woman, but then they fired the woman and replaced her with a man. Is that, is that what happened in Brave? <laughs> That's what happened with Brave, yes. I've, I've never seen Brave, huh. so. It's, oh, should I see? Well, no. Oh, man, all my streaming services were... Guy, guy, guy who was responsible for our streaming services in my apartment has moved on to a bigger and better... Apartment and took his streaming services with him. Rip. Good thing he's turning red in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm curious about Brave. But anyway. Well, lucky you. Uh, for reasons that will become clear at the end of this episode, you'll get to watch it soon enough. Oh my gosh. Oh, I wonder what that could be. Yeah. But back to turning red. <laughs> Tyler looks confused. <laughs> I'm so confused, but just smile and nod. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought this was great. Uh, I don't know about you two. I think uh, Pixar is currently on a streak of this. I mean, this Luca and Soul streak on the level of like their early days. I think all four, three of these movies are fantastic. They're all unique. And in the case of Turning Red, I don't really think I've seen. I, this to me feels, and this probably also had to do with me not being able to get into the first twenty minutes necessarily. I didn't dislike the first twenty minutes. I was just caught off guard by the tone and the pace of it because I feel like it doesn't really feel like any other Pixar movie until mm. maybe the th- when the third act. Oh, by the way, uh, we we will spoil this movie in this podcast. Besides, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like in the third act of this movie, uh, when you get that like those Pixar tears going, but you also like you get all these payoffs to these jokes that are set up at the beginning that feel very different to me from any other comedically driven Pixar movie. I don't know. I dug it a lot. Exp- well, fantastic. I, I also really like the movie. I kind of what do you what do you mean by like jokes in the first twenty minutes that pay off later on? Because I thought I thought that the first twenty minutes were a lot like the like trailers that I had seen, and then the movie really like picks up for me after the first twenty minutes. Yeah, I would say uh, I don't know. I'd have to. <laughs> I guess cool, I guess I more cool. just mean like the jokes <laughs> called out. <laughs> 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 called out. <laughs> Uh, well, I saw this movie a week ago, so excuse me. Uh, 
I, I like I don't know. It's just a lot of the stuff with like Ford Town that's set up with their friend group that's even before their like I think very specifically like the moment this movie becomes like I, I can really like jive with it is when she becomes a panda. <laughs> up until that point I'm kinda like, okay, I'm a little caught off guard by how quick this is moving. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's Dan- edited very snappy. Dan- but- Danny didn't yeah. connect with the main character until she became a panda. It, it exhausted then- yeah, me. I don't know. Something, no, something about a, well, I'm not gonna make that joke. Anyway, <laughs> well, I just made the joke where I was like, "It exhausted me." Very oh, sarcastic. That's right. yeah. Uh, yeah, I it for for someone who I wasn't. I wasn't 13 in 2002. I was younger, but I was seven in 2002. I was nine. I don't remember. remember. I was in second grade. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it captured the, like the teen, the teen spirit. Ah, not the Nirvana, not Nirvana this week, people. Um, yeah. So (laughs) Mark hasn't seen Batman yet. Hush. It's in the trailer. Should I see Batman tonight? You should see the Batman. Boom, boom. Better than turning red. Nope, it's not. What? Whoa, Danny. Time for Mark to break the the tie. Time for Mark to break the tie. (laughs) I mean, we can't argue it because you haven't seen the Batman. So, we can't. Is it it going to be a fun time if I get it in IMAX? (laughs) Oh, yeah, it'll be a good IMAX movie. I was like, I didn't see it, uh, see it in IMAX. I did see it in Dolby Atmos, and I definitely recommend. Well, IMAX that. is similar sound. Is it? That's why I'm like, gotcha. it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, all I'll say there is uh, though, I don't really think Turning Red and the Batman are remotely comparable at all. So it's kind of a. I mean, I guess one could yeah. maybe argue like Ludwig versus Giacchino because Ludwig is great. Yeah, uh, I, I. Although I think in this movie, the Four Town songs kind of overshadow it. Yeah, Entirely. yeah. Which that was done by uh, Billie Eilish, right? Did she? Did Shockingly, she, yeah. Like she nails the sound of like in sync and Backstreet Boys, it, right? I was, I was, I was really surprised by that. I was like, okay, all right, let's go. Uh, I think it's like her and is it her brother? I, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Phineas O'Connell, who voices I think one of the four town members as well. Oh, okay, yeah, huh. yeah. It uh, it definitely brought like vibes of. Like back when the Jonas Brothers were the Jonas Brothers, it, that's the vibe that it brought. That it reminded me of, and uh, to me yeah. in my middle school, because you're two years older than me, it reminded me of One Direction. Uh, yeah, but like mm-hmm. boy bands are just kind of this thing that will always be around. I don't know what the popular one is now. I remember Hot BTS. Chili Ray being a thing too. Yeah, I was like BTS. <laughs> oh, BTS. Yeah, of course, because I walked in and Dynamite was blaring. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think boy bands are just always going to be this great, uh, this phenomenon. I think it's interesting to me. This kind of actually goes with what I was talking about with the Batman, in a sense, where I feel like a lot of discussion around this movie about that, where people are just like kind of trying to dismiss it anyway. You remember like how I mentioned this uh, last time when we talked about Batman, where you were like, people don't like Pattinson because of Twilight. And yeah, I think it's yeah. not really fair. to. I think that's a lot of like the stuff with this movie. People are like... Well, I didn't like boy bands when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, because you were, you're a boy. <laughs> so, like, mm. uh, like, boy bands have always been a thing. Like, get over yourself. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think this movie is intensely very relatable, too. Yeah. <laughs> Even as... Uh, yeah, I think so. It, it captured uh, the nostalgia of 
of early 2000s really well, much better than um, a movie that we'll talk in a few weeks down the road, Danny, uh, that was set in the 90s. Oh, yeah. okay, got it, yeah. got it, got it. Um, um, well, I think even though ignoring 2002, even though I love the Tamagotchis, I love... Oh my gosh, yes. I love... Uh, yeah, I screamed but, Tamagotchi, just like, because I, I recognize it, and Foolish is like, yes, yeah, like, calm down, yes. Tamagotchi. I was like, but that... Yeah, they're all on phones now, and I don't even think they're Tamagotchis anymore. People, yeah. yeah. but I, I was actually more referring Everything's to as... Everything's a Tamagotchi. Uh, what you don't know what everything's tamagotchi? a tamagotchi oh yeah. okay. anyway <laughs> yeah. look at our little discord screens we're like the little connector <laughs> Tama- craig is the tamagotchi i got it i got i got it i gotta feed danny hold on <laughs> <laughs> um what i was actually more referring to is yes the 2002 stuff is great but i think more like uh when i was leaving at the front i saw it with said do you know what make a great double feature with this and i like immediately glared at him when he said it he said Bo Burnham's eighth grade, which I don't like at all. I've not seen it, but I, I, I sort of like it. I think I this nails think middle school way more. Uh, I think the best pairing for this would be. Uh, never mind. I was going to say something that's very much just not a good pairing. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Attack of the Clones. It came out the same opening weekend as the the Fort Town concert. So yeah. Um, like Mike about middle schoolers in two thousand two. Hey, not- like Mike <laughs> is a classic. Yeah, I say classic. <laughs> Mark's like, what's like? It's twenty years. It's twenty years old. So now I think, like, at least in Illinois, I think like if you have a car that's twenty five years older, it's not an antique, but it's like you have to like get certain plates or something for it. Yeah, insanely weird moment in this move after this movie came out, where I was like trying to think, oh, how old would maybe today then? And then I was like, wait, 2002 was exactly 20 years ago. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh. Because, you know, you see, I watch it, I'm like, 2002? Oh, it's just my child. That's not that long ago. And it's like, oh, wait, it was exactly 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, we should probably discuss the film a bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we 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 were getting there. We yeah. I wanted to discuss the film, and then you were like, "I actually don't remember anything from it." Well, no, so, I do want to discuss the movie, that was but my uh, way in. I think to me, um, I think the beauty in this film, I think this has probably the best executed third act I've seen pretty much in anything in quite a while. Because I think, mm. as I said, I can't remember exactly, and it's throughout the whole movie. It's not just the first act, first act but like everything pays off in a satisfying mm. way. And I jump between laughing hysterically in that third act to crying a ton and back and forth. And it really nails, like, I never feel like I'm still crying when I should be laughing. Like, it gives me just enough time to compose myself and move on to whatever emotion this giant whiplash I'm going through is. Mm-hmm. Um, and. As I was saying, my audience like cheered at moments in that third act where she was like, I don't, the exact line is way better, but when she's like, get off my back, mom, our audience was like, yeah, get off her back. I was like, you tell her, man. (laughs) It seems like Uh, a very young audience. Well, no, it was like adults were cheering too. Mm. Like when she started twerking too, like the audience was like, yeah. Oh my. Do that, piss your mom off. Uh, I, oh, go on, Tommy. Oh, no, I, I wasn't sure where I was going. So you, you go ahead, Mark. <laughs> well, I, I can... 
jumping off that about about the humor of the movie, um, I I really felt like the humor worked best for me when it was like older humor, and I, well, old by older humor I mean my beef, really my only beef with the movie is that I think the first twenty minutes or so have a lot of physical comedy that I think is kind of like forgettable mm. and not. I, I just I just I. Well, maybe maybe it's just like really expected, I guess. I was just like, oh, she goes on the fire escape, fire escape falls over, whatever. Like that was how I felt about a lot of the physical comedy in the beginning. But I I think anytime the film like tries to make like older jokes that you wouldn't get as a kid, that it really worked for me. Like the one thing that I I actually found I found this like laugh laughy funny and i don't think anyone else in my theater did is the line which is like throwaway where may is like oh i have to go like all all my they're talking about the concert and she's like all my friends are going to become women without me which i think is hilarious (laughs) but like i I laughed at that response in my theater people people really laughed a lot during my showing Mm -hmm. but that yeah i love that sort of thing where it's just and and I think that sort of thing and a lot of like her how she expresses her attraction to Tyler I think it's very physical but I think that a lot of a lot of that is really you only kind of get it if you're older yeah where yeah. it's not just like about you the mean physical Tyler comedy. or Devin what do you mean Oh, Devin, sorry, Dev- Devin. Yeah, yeah Devin's the one at the grocery store, like, yeah. They, Tyler they make hates. this whole deal about this guy named Devin who never reappears, which True. is fine. Um, <laughs> hey, he's a merman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let him live. Well, I actually that, think... Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, well, I just, gonna... like, this is... No. I'm, at the end of, I'm at the end of my thought yeah, go, about go, go, the go. physical comedy because it kind of ties into how I feel about the whole movie is that in that mermaid drawing sequence, like, everyone who's older knows that it is not actually about her drawing mermaids and stuff. And that is when the film works best for me. And pretty much throughout the whole film, I think like the film is so much about things that are not actually shown on screen. Like it makes allusions to things that you get if you've been through them or if you're older and it's like, there's this family trauma, which is never explicitly talked about. Mm -hmm. Like, which was like just a hinted certain, at. A certain other anime movie that came out recently that very blatantly, I feel like, mentions it. Wh- which personally. one? Personally. I think Encanto is kind of tackling this. Did you see Tyler? I forget if you've seen Encanto yet. I've not, no. Uh, it it kind of tackles the idea of this being about, air quotes, generational trauma, but I think Turning Red is way more nuanced in how it actually explores it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. I think it's because Turning Red leaves more to be filled in. And it covers everything up with jokes, but it lets you imagine, like, oh my gosh, like, the mom and the grandma, like, they, they are, like, really messed up. Yeah. And it's, it's so, they, they don't really talk about it, but, like, you have to imagine why they are so distant, and filling that in, I think was really enjoyable for me and and touching and and I just I really appreciated the movie for letting me like 
fill in that sort of thing with like, oh, I know what this is about when this kid's movie is talking about this sort of thing. This is like what it's actually talking about, which is mm. why what my big like I love this about the whole movie. That is my super thing I liked about uh, Turning Red. What I was going to say to jump way back, I hear you, Mark. No, that's fine. I agree. I'm, I agree. Th- this but is I wanna, my big take. Why well, I don't think the first 20 minutes actually works for me. I want to jump back to that. Uh, it, besides, of course, the kids talking during it is, um, I want to compare this to Luca because I think art style wise, both of these movies are trying something very different for Pixar because uh, they've just been, you know, pushing towards the realism. And now they're, they do Turning Red and Luca, both of which are like, no, this is a cartoon, you know? The difference is with Luca, it still does very much keep the Pixar like, this is like a real summer type of tone thing. Mm-hmm. And this movie just jumps in with like this over the top voiceover that's moving super quick. And the re- thing that really stood out to me was when the mom discovers the journal and she immediately goes after Devin. To me, I was just like, it's such a heightened thing that I'm not used to being in a Pixar. It's kind of like you watch yeah. any Disney movie from the 90s and then you watch The Emperor's New Groove. And if you're told The Emperor's New Groove is a Disney movie, you're not going to you're gonna be very thrown off watching yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but that's part of also what I mean where it's like, this doesn't really feel like any other Pixar movie to me before. And that's also why, why once you get past that hump of, like, the mom going to talk and feel at Devin for, like... Also, she yells about, like, how... She, it's, it's very, like... What did she say? She's like, you're doing drugs. Yeah, and you she don't says see you, stuff you like, do... You do drugs all day or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, what is going on? She just immediately <laughs> assumes like... <laughs> the worst of, yeah, of this guy. Yeah. Well, it's not even, I don't mind her assuming the worst of me. It's just like, you know, oh, I'm in a theater with a bunch of kids around me watching this Disney movie and just hear this mom screaming about, you're doing drugs. And my my daughter's listening to stripper music and it's like, what is it like? Yeah, oh, there, yeah. there has been a lot of, like, parents on... Uh, on mostly Facebook, so which is why I'm so glad I don't have I don't have Facebook anymore. But uh, oh, you're parents, free. yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say something <laughs> that would have to be bleeped out. Never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> it rhymed with truck two, Mark Zuckerberg. That's what it rhymed with. If you can. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, sequel to truck. <laughs> yes. Anyway, truck on. and Zuck. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was clever, Danny. Uh, okay, so anyways, <laughs> I I think like after watching the film, and people are like, "Oh, I had to have a conversation with my nine and thirteen year old boys about girls going through uh, puberty and um, having their period," and I'm kind of like, "Well, the thirteen year old should already." have had that talk should be going like they should be going over that in school and then the nine-year-old i can understand but also like that it's on the parents for not watching the the film before you know there's it's ultimately i'm like like like, i'm like there is that like watch the stuff before you show it to your kids if you're that concerned about it you know i just Uh, don't think i i just also think we shouldn't be like shaming regular bodily functions you know i I don't like i I think this movie to me uh the fact that it is blatantly like 
Like, because, you know, you see the trailer and you see the title, like, oh, this might be a puberty allegory. But no, then they're out, like, no, here are pads. Here are, like, yeah. it is one of the inciting incidents of the movie is that the mom shows a pad at school. Yeah. And it's like, mm. well, people should have this conversation. Because speaking as someone who I think probably had the conversation way too late in life, <laughs> even as a boy, I think this is a conversation that would have been good to have at age, like, 10 or 11. I, yeah, I had that <laughs> yeah. at... 10 I, yeah i was 10 when i had the the talk but but yeah i yeah. yeah it's just it's it's like it's something that's like it's part of people's lives and i think that you you should talk you know should talk about it. i think like when it's a age appropriate you know and i think i think they did a pretty if solid it's not age appropriate you know what you can do you can be I'll tell you when you're it's you're older. Yeah. And the kid will probably be and like, oh, the okay. kid's gonna forget <laughs> about it and and move on. Yeah. Uh because that's the thing, is there the kid kids live in the moment, you know, and if you just say, I'll and, tell you about it when you're older. Yeah. You know, if this came out in theaters, uh like actual like wide theaters, uh, I re- saw a good point that was like, you know how there were all those like like, okay, we don't like Captain Marvel, but it's because we don't... Like, we're not the people who hate it just because, like, oh, Brie Larson was in it. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who just hate it because of, The like, writing that. is horrible, yeah. Well, but, but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. there are people who hate it because it's, like... Oh, uh, yeah, there... Oh, there there was someone that actually went through uh, all of Avengers Endgame and removed anything, quote, girl yeah. power and any... Yeah, any reference... But... Yeah. My point is is that since that movie made $400 million domestically, <laughs> yeah. most people could dismiss like the people who are like, this movie's too feminist. of like, well, clearly it's not because it made a ton of money. Right. <laughs> like, like, this is clearly an outlier in the population. If you're saying that all men don't like Captain Marvel, that's not true. It made $400 million. Yeah. Uh, and telling you this uh, at work, plenty of boys who have seen this movie, I think I haven't met a single kid who doesn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I do want to say because I think we're actually going a little long on this. I want to say two things I want to talk about, and then I want Tyler. I want you to say a little bit more on the movie because I feel like we haven't talked to you enough. Mark, you can too, of course. You can chime in. Feel free to. No, that's fine. You're like you will not talk you're anymore. Like, then we will talk to no, Tyler, no, no. and then we will be done. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, if this movie does have an issue to me, uh, it's Abby. Uh, everything else in this movie, I think, is. I'll, I'll explain who Abby is. Okay. Alex. Uh. She's one of Everything the friends. Everything else in this movie to me feels creative. Right. She's the friend who wears pink. Oh, uh, yeah. And everyone else, I think the other two friends feel fleshed out, even if they are archetypes. Mm-hmm. But she is pretty much just transplanted in from this book for me as the hyper girl. Uh, and, you know, I get that they can't all be, like, winners if you're tr- a movie with this many characters. Yeah. Uh, but in her case, she just really exists as an archetype and... It feels like a significant. She feels way less real to me than anything else in this movie. Yeah, if that makes sense, like character-wise, she was at a hundred percent, like two hundred percent of the time, and I was like, "Girl, calm down!" <laughs> like, I mean, like, there are kids like that. Yeah, I just felt like here it was like just too much. Just like, oh, this is that character that's in every animated movie that's just supposed to be the funny side character. And doesn't have anything else to her. That said, I do like the moment where she mixes up Toronto with Toledo. That got me a big laugh. <laughs> that is, that that, yeah, that is funny. And, <laughs> and oh, I feel like that is the only one of those three characters that would work. I liked, I liked, I liked the humor of uh, Toledo. What is that even? And it's, it's like, it's hilarious because. 
so many animated films are like it's just you just assume that they're set in America and I love that this is set in Canada and they're going by Canadian like norms they're not everyone in Canada not everyone in America knows where Toledo what? is but you know like one of my favorite moments in the first 20 minutes is when she goes like I'm 13 which means I'm an adult just look at my car yes <laughs> look at my look at my like, bus transit pass. card yeah. and it's the Canadian transit card and I'm like that's cool <laughs> like, yeah um um and the other I had one other thing I wanted to mention which was the me actually the moment that got me the most emotional in this uh is the scene with her dad. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. When her dad's looking at the video and then she goes to talk to him. Her, he goes to talk to her. Um, and a part of the reason for that is I think this movie is about a lot of things. But one of the things that really stuck out to me is that there's this quote that I can't remember where I initially heard from. But I remember one, it's one of those things where when you read it, it just kind of sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, you know, parents will never fully know who their child is. And that's okay. Yeah. Because they're, everyone has two separate selves to them. And it's just kind of like, kind of. This movie is kind of about that split where you first realize that you are someone different at home than when you are with your friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it kind of beautiful that that scene kind of beautifully portrays what happens. Like, dad sees it, and whereas mom's freaking out over it, dad's just like, it's it's great that you're growing up. And it's I don't know. That scene to me just really got me. Yeah. When it happened. Yeah. Uh, I also it might be that. Uh, I'm a man. Just all this fem- no, I'm kidding. All this fem- Finally, the there was a man in turning red for Danny to enjoy. Yeah, finally, a man. No, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. The third act stuff worked for me too. Uh, I did think it's not as much as the dad stuff you did when it first hit. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tyler. Go. Uh, yeah. I did think that the dad was underused um, because it, like, usually in in your parenting roles you've got in it's even been this way when I've uh, coached like youth sports with people. It's usually you've got, it's your good cop, bad cop, you know, your person that's a lot more uh, a stickler to the rules and is like, this is the uniform way of how we're doing things. And then the other one that's a lot more there for like, if they're the one that, people go to for like more of mentoring and that emotional support. And I felt like the dad was much more of the emotional support role for may. Um, I just, I wish that he had a few more lines in the beginning I, I of the get film it, because though, the when lines, I went through puberty, the, when I went through puberty, it's not like I went to my mom about it, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm like, <laughs> cause the, the lines that he had, we're just very much like I I like Fridays. I like the table. I'm sitting at the table. I don't and I'm just kind of like give him a little more like let him live in the space, you know? Um yeah, let let him live in the space a little a little bit more and uh that's kind of what I what I wish for with the with the dad. Um let me see. The f- I, the I, thought, I, I was okay actually with how the dad was utilized personally. I I, I liked to... that they finally used like him more towards the third act. That he was a lot more when he finds the the video camera and he he talks with May and I'm well, like okay yeah. To me the movie is just entirely from not entirely but mostly from the perspective of May and mm-hmm. I just think her relationship with her mom is so dominant like dominant, dominant that she yeah. doesn't even think to go talk to her dad right. Um, which is some I, I 
I don't know. To me, I get what you're saying, but in terms of this being like a relatable story and like how things would actually go, I think it's totally realistic. She wouldn't even think to even talk to her dad about it, especially because her mom is mm-hmm. very clearly the actual leader. Yeah, of the, like she's the one who puts the bread on the table. She's the one who does. And and like, I do I do like pushes everything. I I have a I have a friend who's from China and I have a friend who's from the Philippines and they've said that their that their uh, mothers are very much. Like very much like this is the way that things are happening. This is the way that they're you know they're set going to be, and I think that the movie does a good job of not stereotyping that and fleshing out the the mom's points of why she is like we go through learning along with May, you know, learning about why the mother is the way that the way that she is, but, uh, generational trauma. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I, I thought that the, ignore, (laughs) refuse to fix. (laughs) I thought that the friend group was super, super annoying, but I think that, no, just hold on Danny. But also (laughs) they're 13 year old, they're 13 year old, just 13. That age is just very, very like they're they're very, very high energy and just oh my gosh, this and this and this and this and this and I'm gonna talk about five things in four minutes and yeah. And I thought that it captured the spirit of that really well. Um and I'm like, like I'm like, yeah, I should probably as a as a guy who also found like that it, when I was that age, I was like, okay, let's stop talking about the Jonas brothers. You know, like I want to talk about, I don't know what I was into Star at that Wars. time. <laughs> Star Wars and football. Yeah. Yeah. Clones. Let's yeah, talk know, about I mean, like clothing and Camino. So like, and, um, <laughs> well, stereotypically girls, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought that they did that really, really well. And then on the flip side for Felicia, she was constantly saying, like, this is exactly how it was growing up. And she's like, I relating to this so much because this was my childhood. Only for her, it was One Direction. And, uh, yeah. And so, so I, yeah, kudos to uh, Pixar for that. Luca's still, Luca's still my favorite. It's my top one. Um, oh, I'd wow. say yeah. well, probably my favorite. I would say probably of the, these last three, it would be my favorite uh, as well. But the thing yeah. is, to me, is uh, it kind of goes back to the thing where this feels wholly new, not only because it's a new director and a new like style of filmmaking, yeah. but also because it is. I can't really think of any other animated movies that actually focus on girlhood mm-hmm. and being because even like you know the ones with female leads, it's like oh they're a princess or oh she's the. She's like 18 and she's taking care of her little siblings or stuff like that. And even like, say, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch is not about. I mean, it's about a girl and her dog type of thing. It's a girl and her dog yeah. type of story. Yeah. And even, even uh, well, Mulan's Disney. Yeah, like, it's she's not 18, Pixar. That's what I'm saying. She's but 18. yeah, Mulan, Mulan, even that one, like, the war overlaps a lot of. To her, it's like it's like duty and honor and like the family values more more so. And I, I will say to compare to Luca a little bit, I think there's a bigger universality in trying to save money to go to a concert than there's to win a bike race. <laughs> I'll give that to this movie. I'll give that, that one to this. Yeah, one. that was something that I also loved is that the stake 
is like really low, but it you know you get so much out of it. Yeah, it's low, but it's also like you completely understand why it's the biggest stakes. You totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like yeah, of well, course it is. And because like at that age, like I remember, like at that age, it was like a hundred dollars. Like I got a twenty dollar bill for my birthday. Like. Man, I'm so close to a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be rich. You just remind you know? me of the, the just... great gag at the end, where like initially, you know, they have their chart just to get to eight hundred dollars, and then it's like, yeah, build the sky dome. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot of people in Toronto were really happy about the sky dome being in it, just because it's one of those things that got renamed, mm. and everyone still calls it the sky dome. So like, they're like, yeah, the sky dome. What is it uh, now? I'd have to look it up. Gotcha. It's like, I, like I assume it's something with like something. it's the Rogers Center now. What, what did it get it's changed the Rogers, for? No, probably someone named Roger bought it. But I don't know. Uh, it's it was yeah it was purchased by Rogers Communications, which owns the Blue Jays. Oh yeah. okay yeah I was like I was like what sports team went there because yeah. I imagine that's what what happened. Um, um well. We have to talk about one last thing because oh, well, I before we talk about I didn't get else, any previews we, with this. I don't know what that was oh, about. Yeah. I mean, I just got a lot here, but I no, we had to talk about uh, Tyler because you guys don't like Tyler. Yeah, I don't like. I don't oh like yeah, Tyler. I'm. I yeah, I just <laughs> don't into, think he's no Urquale. He's no. <laughs> I just don't think they should have become his friend at the end. Yeah, like, I don't think they connect, and I don't think they're at the age where you can go from being not friends with someone to friends with someone like day to day. Yeah. I feel like Tyler is so awful all the time. Tyler doesn't change as a person enough throughout the movie for me to like see good in him that they I see think, at the very end. And then it's just like, you're at the same concert, whatever. Yeah. I think Tyler seems to me like a lonely kid who lashes out a lot, who is indeed a jerk, but no one's going to come to his party unless he gets the giant panda there. Which is sad in and of itself. Cha Cha Slide is playing and no one wants to dance to it. Then Bootylicious plays when the panda's there and everyone's excited. I like to think that drop is a good drop. Turning um, red is, and then is any what I'm making a dumb joke. Go on. And then any punishment that he needs uh, and covers for the story is covered by the fact that he's almost murdered by our main character. Yeah. And then yeah. like I'm not he sympathetic li- like to him for being murdered. And then, yeah, at the concert, notice he's at the concert completely alone, which makes me feel bad for him, too. Who wants to go to a concert alone? Uh, And I don't know. To me, it kind of makes sense. Like, no one else in their school is at that concert, so he clearly is the biggest four-townie at their school besides the three of them. Uh, And we don't, like, you know, there's a bit of a time jump at the end to the end. Uh, So, I don't know. I buy it. It's legit. Poor Tyler. Not, not too poor Tyler. Like, he's a jerk, but I also like that there are no villains in this movie. Uh, not like Urkola, who's just outright terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's funny. <laughs> Look at Urkola yeah. credit, because he's extremely funny of how ridiculous he is. Mm. Uh, that's my defense of Tyler. But not you, Tyler. You're bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is it finally time to cancel Tyler? I got canceled the last time that we talked on our last episode, so because I tried to change X Men Apocalypse, so yeah. Um, 
All right. Uh, is that it on turning red? A yeah. Never great addition to the Pixar canon. Next time, hopefully the man, not the toy, gets a theatrical release. But who knows? Maybe Bob Chapek, I heard, finally has a reason to send to Disney+. Plus. Uh, I'm sure he'll find a way to do it. So, uh, yeah. Fire uh, Bob Chapek. Hashtag actually, Bob the, the thing about Lightyear to me that gets me so mad, the unrelated to everything going on you know, with Bob Chapek right now, is like it, if it is put in the theaters, you have to go see it support pixar movies going to theaters but it's also like it is a franchise film so i can't be like this makes me want to go see movies like turning red in theaters because that's not the message they'll take away from it you know like they just won't they'll look at Encanto doing well not Encanto doing just okay in theaters and then doing great entity plus is like well clearly streaming is better for this whatever you know <laughs> like whatever mm, yeah i mean we're in a different area than we were in november of 2021 there is no i mean there is COVID, but there's well, no like massive but Omicron even, surge. Even when the surges were going on, people were still going to the movie theater. Like, in content, did disappoint a little bit. My little well, bit. <laughs> my thing is, is like the people that are paying attention, like who are paying attention to the masking up and stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're doing they're doing that, and they're choosing to not go to these places. Um, like, that's what they're going to do you putting the movie in theaters or not doesn't persuade them to go to the movie theater. Whereas the people that aren't, I don't know. To me, it's at this, at this point, you're, you're hurting your own movie. You're hurt. And it really shows what Disney actually values, you know, going, yeah, going to the, to the big screen. Yeah. You know, like the only things that really matter on the big screen are the big blockbusters um, and if it's Pixar, it's got to have a, a white male lead. Just pointing that out. Uh, who's... Whatever. Whatever. Mm. We're white men, so what, what can, can we do? Can we back that up with facts? <laughs> Is that really like Disney Disney has princesses and Pixar has white male leads? Well, Pixar has Lightyear and Toy Story. That's really more it, is that it's an IP. But it is, I think, worth noting that Soul and Turning Red both got put right on the service. And mm-hmm. Raya and Encanto are effectively Disney princess movies, so they get past that with their person of color leads. I'd say. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I read the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... yeah. 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 <laughs> that's all you really say. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Luca was about gay fish, so. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, yes. Uh, uh. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Tyler, are you going to ask me and Mark a question? So, how's your day no. been? Like, so, why, are, why are you here? So, so, uh, so, yeah, like the last Green Room episode, I talked about how I started a YouTube gaming channel. Um, playing. <laughs> just stop, Danny. I I got. Okay. I'm working. Okay. I'm working. Oh, let okay. let me work my magic. Okay. So okay. So I started a YouTube gaming channel around Farming Simulator, and you can find me at CC Farms on YouTube. Um, also have a Twitter that I put out polls, and no one ever does them. But <laughs> I, I do them. 
<laughs> no, I put the, I put polls out on my on the CC Farms Twitter. <laughs> I do we do oh. it for why is and they get they get feedback, but I don't have anyone <laughs> following me on Twitter, on my CC Farms Twitter. So I'm just kind of like, well, I'm here. <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, so my thing is, Danny, wasn't there something we talked about a venture? Also, that I'm going out on my own venture into the world of farm simulation. What are you going on a venture for? Well, as you've noticed, probably, and you, I, you, I mean the listeners, uh, whenever there's a Pixar movie out, I kind of hijack this podcast to be about that <laughs> instead of Marvel. Uh, and Mr. Mark Young and I have decided to start air our own little journey into Pixar movies on a podcast. Mark is looking surprised right now. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. We are? No, I'm... I'm... Well, you're here, Whoa. so you're committed to it now. <laughs> I don't uh, like that Tyler reframed this as not his cancellation, but that he has a, a quote, other venture. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I had to Bob Chapek the whole thing, so... <laughs> it's, it's about me. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, this podcast will be titled uh, "Looking for the Ocean: A Pixar Journey." Tentative title. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that changes. That, that's what we've landed on. One. But yeah, it's a thick one. But uh, we will cover hopefully every single Pixar produced project ever. Yeah, <laughs> ever. starting with the adventures of Andre and Wally B. Yes, so and of course our first episode because that is a it's a uh, fifteen second long short. Uh, mm. Our first episode we'll talk more about our mission statement for that mm. podcast, um, and we are looking to launch on May twenty uh, seventh. May twenty seventh. Yes, yeah. yes. I thought you said May seventh. My bad. Like, no, 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 no. I did look that up May. in the middle of this recording because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like know when our thing is going up. But it's it's <laughs> yeah. like a month month away. Yeah, because that is the traditional release date for Pixar movies when back when they came out in May. So like Up and Finding and when they you know, a- came out around that time when they actually were yeah. on in theaters, well, right? They well, yeah, but also um, I think around Ratatouille mm-hmm. is when they uh, no, because Up was after Ratatouille, but around the 2010s they kind of just switched it to Father's Day weekend. Oh, uh, so which worked really well for The Incredibles too. So yeah, I was gonna say but, that th- was there a change in like box office there do they see more because well of that i think type uh, of weekend? it's because kids are still in school on may at the end of may yeah you can true. Get a full day on friday yeah on if you could put them out in june sure like light years currently scheduled for around that time this year so yep yep but yeah i so if you want to listen to that and be aware that in two years time we will talk about turning red again <laughs> we will... i mark's like what i thought we just covered it we don't need to do it again what's your what's your question can, I I think you should name the podcast Beautiful Butterfly. That's what you should name it. <laughs> after, I, think uh, after I, I think it's really interesting because when I've been talking about this Joking, private people, but... everyone keeps asking me about if they can. A lot of people are asking me about Bugs Life, and I'm like, that is like the one Pixar movie I have no attachment to at all. I'm that was that was that one of the not like Bugs Life. That was one of the first ones, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But see, two. when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was all about that Toy Story. And that Bugs Life is kind of like whatever. See, you know, <laughs> in Toy Story, the the bully scared the heck out of me. Sid was his name. 
I think. Well, who yeah. do you think was better yeah. animated, Sid or Tyler? <laughs> Very easy question. It's interesting. I mean, this is sort of what we'll talk about in the show. Yeah. But it's interesting watching. I watched Toy Story for some reason a few like a week or two ago, and it's really interesting how with like however you call it, like limited planes or whatever, they really the choices the early Pixar movies make are really interesting with using what they have to make someone like Sid look mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and versus what they they can do now visually. Mm. So. I did like in Turning Red, um, I did like how they incorporated various art styles in, like, when the, when the, when the girls were super excited, their eyes were changed to, like, a different I feel like style, every animation animated style movie like, nowadays... <laughs> I feel like a large chunk of animation movies these days, the director will go on the record and be like, yeah, I was inspired by anime, and this is like yep. the first time I can actually see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I love Luca, but the, the director there was less like, yeah, we were inspired by anime. I did I not like, get that in Luca. You? Yeah, I did not get that in Luca. <laughs> but I definitely saw but, it uh, Saw it in Turning Red, and that's something that like anime is very popular with, with uh, kids right now, so. Yeah. Yep. So... Anyway, thank mm. you for being by our side, our I, side, our side. Can I side. play one more and thing? Oh, I have mind. a project coming up. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, Mark Pimp stuff, sorry. <laughs> no, that's totally fine, because I, well, anyway, so uh, on TikTok, I am Mark Young TikTok, and it's just me in a picture of my face with a mustache, <laughs> and I'm on all the other socials, but on TikTok on Wednesday, I'm going to start a one-man performance of Plautus's The Haunted House, which is an old Roman comedy. And will, that's, will that be archived up there? Because this episode will come out after that. Oh, yeah. So currently... <laughs> so check me Sorry. out. Check me out on TikTok. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm going to be somewhere in the middle of this project because I saw the play was named Haunted House and... There's very little of that in it, but it's an old Roman comedy, and we're going to see what the medium of TikTok is like for that. So that's my my thing currently going on right now. Cool, cool. And I'm also, cool. you know, I'm on everywhere else. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now I got to, well, we'll see every part of that movie, that song. Uh, well, you're always on my mind, my mind, my mind in the green room. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Uh yeah, thank you watch for Turning Red on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, Mark. Yeah, for... thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you, Mark. Also, for... I was thanking the listeners. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I keep hijacking the ending. Go on, go on. Thank you. Oh, it's okay. Uh, check out Turning Red on Disney Plus because that's the only place you can watch it now. Uh, we assume that if you are following this Marvel podcast, you have Disney Plus. So probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You get rid of Netflix now because those all got moved. So. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.